Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unified, a podcast feed from First Church Belmont Unitarian Universalist. We'll be sharing sermons and stories, especially thematic content made new every week. We're so glad you're here, and for more information about who we are and opportunities to grow and deepen, swing by the church on Sundays or check out our website at uubelmont.org. And for now, enjoy this new content. So, once upon a time, there was a teacher who sometimes dreaded those first couple days back after vacation, because everybody had gotten a little bit wild, sleep patterns had gotten a little bit off kilter, and so those first few days were always a little bit hectic. And for this one teacher, his life was also really different than it had been not long ago. And he was a little bit sad, but even more so didn't even want to let any of the sad in. So he was sort of pretending not quite to feel it all the way. And so it was the very first day back, recess came, and he had strengthened himself and girded himself because he knew a lot of times it got a little bit crazy at recess. And he was worried in particular for this one little girl who he really cared for quite a bit. She had really come out of her shell this last year, but still was a little bit afraid to let herself shine. You see, she was actually a really, really great singer. And they were right about to have a spring musical, and he knew that she really wanted to audition for it, but that she was afraid for everybody to hear her voice. And so it was. Recess came, and they started to play that terrible, very strange game, that Red Rover, Red Rover game where everybody lines up and holds their arms and tries to break each other's arms and destroy each other's ligaments. It was a very strange game, and predictably, it descended into a bit of a playground fracas because somebody thought that the other person was not letting them through, and then the other person thought that they clotheslined them, on one, and all of a sudden, it's just started spiraling out of control. When she looked out at all of her friends, and she knew she had a thing that might help, and so she sort of planted her feet, and she could almost feel the fear leaving her. And she started to sing. And it was right after the holidays, so she started by singing, Oh, Holy Night. And she only could remember about the first eight, nine words. And so then she decided to make it a medley. And then she launched into Old Anxiety. And she could only remember the first couple words of that, too. And so then she just rounded it out with Taylor Swift. <laughs> and she was singing with all of her might and all of her heart. And as soon as she opened her eyes, because she was nervous to look, everybody had stopped. Everybody was looking at her. And then they applauded. And she felt so happy, so warm and happy for the very first time in that way. And sure enough, she would go on to audition, but that wasn't the best part. The best part was later that night, that teacher came home to his very strange feeling home. And he walked in and all of the things that he used to love, his beautiful garden and these woods right nearby, beckoned to him, called out to him, but he felt somehow trapped 
Like he couldn't quite go back to his life, the things that brought him joy before. And he stopped in his threshold, so desperately wanting to leave again and go out and experience life and joy and beauty, but feeling sucked back into the trap of the loneliness and the sadness when all of a sudden he remembered that little girl in her fascinatingly strange medley. And he was filled with that moment where he could almost see her fear disappear. And he took a deep, deep, deep breath in. And when he opened his eyes, he saw through a window there was a blue jay, which was a strange sight at this time of year. A blue jay right on the tree, right outside his window. And he walked around the house and he saw, sure enough, it flew away, but then he was outside and he took a deep breath in and smelled the air and could smell the forest calling to him. And sure enough, he ran across the street and went on a hike in these beautiful paths that he had known so well. And he felt himself returning to himself, felt joy returning to him just a little bit. And came back home and could feel the glimmer of a beginning of a new pattern and a new life starting. Amen. So the main event of this service is the ritual that we're about to do. But I did want to share two beautiful little teachings from maybe my favorite book. Uh, and it's actually one of the books that will be teaching along with a teacher friend of mine, my very first, probably you could say, spiritual teacher, the Reverend Kim Crawford Harvey, who's at the Arlington Street Church up the street. Uh, it's a book by Pema Chodron we've talked about before, When Things Fall Apart, um, which is basically all the time. Uh, but I've found, I reached for it, if you recall, a few years ago, when the pandemic began, this was the very first thing I reached for. And many times I started reading from the very beginning and have just worked my way through. Um, so starting January 16th, third Mondays in January and February, just twice, we'll be talking about this book um, with Kim uh, and me. But this is one of the teachings, and she writes... One of the classic Buddhist teachings on hope and fear concerns what are known as the eight worldly dharmas. These are four pairs of opposites, four things we like and become attached to, four things we don't like and try to avoid. First, we like pleasure and we're attached to it. And then conversely, we don't like pain. Second, we like and are attached to praise, and we try to avoid criticism and blame. And third, we like and are attached to fame, and we dislike and try to avoid disgrace. Finally, we are attached to gain, to getting what we want, and we don't like losing what we have. According to this very simple teaching, she writes, becoming immersed in these four pairs of opposites, pleasure and pain, loss and gain, fame and disgrace, 
praise and blame is what keeps us stuck in pain. We might feel somehow we should try to eradicate these feelings of pleasure and pain and loss and gain and praise and blame and fame and disgrace. But a more practical approach would be to get to know them, to see how they hook us, to see how they color our perception of reality, see how they aren't all that solid. Then all of these worldly dharmas become means for growing wiser as well as kinder and more content. I appreciate these teachings, especially in the light of what I'm trying to let go of and what I'm trying to grow into. I think the path of spiritual growth is both very highfalutin and complicated, and it is very simple and grounded. I think so much of it begins in us paying more close attention to what we are feeling, to what we are experiencing, like the teacher and the little girl in the story, to open to the fullness of what is and allow that fullness to guide us and teach us. And the very, very good news is that we are not doing it alone, but that held here in community, all of the hardest moments that we are experiencing, we are held. The most beautiful moments we are experiencing, we are held. And we have the precious honor and gift of holding one another. <laughs>